This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks very much for tuning in. There's a multi-state lawsuit against U.S. Education Secretary Betsy DeVos led by Michigan and California. The suit alleges that DeVos is wrongfully pushing for millions of dollars to be sent to private schools in the name of coronavirus relief. Michigan's Attorney General Dana Nessel says that the move by Secretary DeVos is an unlawful interpretation of federal COVID-19 relief legislation, which gave $31 billion in aid to K-12 schools. Here to tell us more about the lawsuit and why it matters in the context of state and national education is Kobe Levin, a reporter who covers schools and inequity for Chalkbeat. Kobe, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So let's start for people who haven't heard about this lawsuit by catching up on what is what is going on. What is the what is the story behind this? Okay, so a few months ago, Congress uh, set aside about thirty billion dollars for schools uh, uh, to to do their part in their recovering from the coronavirus. Um, and uh, within within a month or so. Uh, Education Secretary Betsy DeVos had said uh, that that money needed to be routed in significant part to private school students. Um, this prompted a, a huge outcry from the school community. Uh, the leader of one superintendent's group called it an opportunistic money grab, uh, and uh, it has now wound up in the courts. Um, we've got Michigan uh, and five other, uh, Michigan's Attorney General and five others, um, saying that uh, Betsy DeVos is misinterpreting the coronavirus relief bill mm-hmm. um, and, and that she's doing that essentially with the effect of sending millions of dollars that were intended for, for poor students to affluent students in private schools. Yeah. What's the basis for her claim here? What is it that she's relying on that she believes allows her to, to move this money in this way? So the, the principle is that the coronavirus has affected all schools, that, that all students are dealing with the fallout here, and that all students and all schools, private schools included, should benefit from, from any government support. Um, so she, she would say basically that, that that is the intention, Congress's intention, mm-hmm. um, and that uh, I think moreover that it's just the right thing to do. Um, we are, we are hearing initially that some private schools are having to close, uh, because they can't bear the economic strains, uh, of the coronavirus. Um, and, and she thinks that they need support. Mm. Um, and then the attorney generals are saying, well, that, that may be, uh, but it's just not the, the law that Congress passed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, these private schools, of course, I mean, and, and we are familiar with the strain between public and private schools here in Detroit, uh, as well as in, in other, um, in uh, other states and, and other communities. Um, they, did they believe, for instance, that the relief that Congress passed was also intended for them? Or is this a surprise to them as well, this this interpretation? I mean, there are lots of rules about how federal money can move to schools that aren't that aren't public, but were they expecting that this support would, would help them keep their doors open? Um 
I, I think they were. Um, in talking to, to some private school advocates, you'll certainly hear them agreeing uh, with Betsy DeVos's guidance on this. Hmm. Um, so Congress did actually say uh, that a, a small portion of the federal aid for, for the coronavirus needed to be set aside for private schools. This is actually a longstanding practice. Um, under under it's, it's called equitable services. The idea is not that this money is going to be transferred directly to private schools, rather that public schools will have to provide services worth this much money to private schools. I, actually, sending sending taxpayer dollars to private schools is uh, a violation of church and state still. Um, uh, however, this this rule, which, again, has been in place for, for much longer than the coronavirus, coronavirus has been around, um, does allow private schools to get some benefit um, of, of federal education dollars. Yeah. Uh, and I guess the flip side of that question is, what's at stake for the other schools, for public schools? If Secretary DeVos is able to move this money to private schools, logically that suggests that public schools would get less. What would the consequences of that really look like? So you're talking about tens of millions of dollars across the country um, and a really significant portion of all of the school aid that Congress uh, is sending out here. Um, in Michigan specifically, you're talking about $16.4 million going to private school students. And, and, and this is, these are private school students who are not low income that would otherwise have gone to students in places like Flint and Detroit and Grand Rapids. Um, for individual districts in Grand Rapids, uh, uh, the cost is expected to be uh, something like uh, $1.5 million for Flint, uh, even more, $2.6 million. And what you have to remember is that this is coming at a time when school districts are facing additional costs. You know, they, they were really counting on federal aid, and they're still counting on more federal aid to be able to reopen uh, in the fall. We're hearing a lot of talk about getting back to normal. Um, Having kids in school is, of course, a huge part of that, uh, but it's just not going to be possible if schools uh, aren't, aren't getting some help and making some adjustment um, uh, economically to get kids back in school. Yeah. Uh, my guest is Kobe Levin, a reporter for Chalkbeat, and he's been reporting on Michigan's involvement in a lawsuit against U.S. Education Secretary Betsy DeVos over school coronavirus funding. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call and tell us what you think of Secretary DeVos's idea to send millions and millions of dollars of coronavirus relief money to private schools that would otherwise be going to public schools. And do you think schools should be reopening this fall? In a minute, we're going to talk about how the plans for reopening schools here in Michigan are going, especially given the recent spikes in the number of coronavirus cases and the warnings from Governor Gretchen Whitmer that the path toward reopening could be diverted by these spikes in new cases. What effect is that going to have on school reopening? Also, if you're a parent, a teacher, or a student, give us a call and tell us how you feel about all of these things. How do you feel about the money that Congress uh, set aside to be able to help schools get through this really tough period of the pandemic. Should it all go to public schools or should there be uh, a sharing between public and private schools, as Secretary DeVos says? Also give us a call and let us know what you're thinking about 
reopening in the fall? Are you confident that schools will be able to manage the new world with uh, distancing and all kinds of other requirements that they didn't have? Do you think we can do this and keep people safe? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and uh, we will try to work you into the conversation. Uh, Kobe, before we get to listeners, I want to give you a chance to talk about these plans, these grand plans for reopening schools here in Michigan in the fall. Everything does seem to be barreling forward in that regard, but I, I think it's important what the governor said this week about these new spikes in the number of cases of coronavirus, uh, deaths are going back up. And she warned us that if things don't get, get better, if things don't go back in the other direction, that uh, we may have to pull back. How, how does that affect the school picture, which uh, is not something you can just kind of turn on or off on a dime? Yeah, I think you really have to feel for school administrators in this moment. Um, there's the economic uncertainty we've been talking about, and then just the complexity of, of trying to plan for what really would be two or three completely different school years. Mm. Are they going to have all their kids in the classroom? Are they going to have kids at home again? Uh, will there be some kind of mix of the two? Uh, I mean, all of those scenarios require you know, a very different uh, training for staff. They require different lesson planning. Um, and a, a lot of that work is, is brand new for schools. Many of them uh, have just gotten their first taste of it this spring. Um, so, uh, you know, it's just going to be hugely complex. And the fact that coronavirus cases are going up in Michigan is uh, making things even worse, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to John on the east side. John, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, so I just want to bring in another aspect of this um, to the Paycheck Protection Program. Mm -hmm. Religious organizations received over $7 billion. <clears throat> Roman Catholic Church got over $1.4 billion. The same Roman Catholic Church had paid out over $5 billion in sexual, whatever you call the mm -hmm. priests, uh, predators. And th this is really problematic. It really is. And this is an individual that was sent to... Uh, to private Catholic schools, um, and and I kind of wish my parents had sent me to Detroit Public Schools. My mom actually taught in Detroit Public Schools, and frankly, I uh, while I find the value, some value in the in the Roman Catholic education and the uh, Christian Brothers over at Delacell, I, I I still just think that uh, that's an extra. That's we the people have to support public education. Yeah, yeah, uh, John. Uh, I really appreciate the call and the comments. Kobe Levin, respond to that. I mean, you know, I, I think it's it's natural for people to be critical or, or questioning of the way that this money gets spent. But at the same time, we have so many children who go to private schools or Catholic schools, and the assumption that they don't need help, I think, uh, sort of, belies the, 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 the reality here. I mean, every school is in a lot of trouble right now in terms of 
the money that they need to, to operate. I, I, I want to get you to react to what, what John is talking about has happened with, with so much of the money. So John's raising a really smart point, actually, about the payroll protection program. Um, that was a, a program designed to support small businesses, not schools. However, uh, in Michigan, uh, I mean, millions of dollars, uh, if not tens of millions, are actually going to support private schools and parochial schools. Um, so they are, in fact, getting some support from the government in that way. Um, and and the, uh, the, the school dollars that Betsy DeVos would like to, to send their way would be in addition to that support. Um, and, you know, I, I, think, uh, I think it's clear that they are going to feel the pain of the coronavirus recession in, this, uh, in, in some of the same ways that traditional public schools will. Um, studies from the Great Recession show that enrollment declined in private schools across the board. I mean, that's a huge financial hit for them. Um, and, uh, you know, we're already hearing reports that uh, Catholic schools across the country uh, are beginning to say that they're not going to be able to reopen next year under the economic strain. So, uh, you know, this virus isn't sparing anybody. I think that's clear. Mm. Again, John, thanks very much for the call and the comments. Let's go to Tracy in Clawson. Tracy, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, yes. Um um, as been spoken about, um, I feel that the money should stay with the public schools because usually public schools, they have as little as possible to work with as it is. And any amount that's taken away just brings more of a strain to it. I myself went to parochial school, private school, um, from middle school to high school, and my parents paid for that. That was an extra. That was a sacrifice they made. And as the caller's um, said before, and as you brought up, the Archdiocese has um, put in for loans for from the CARES Act to carry over to help their need, and that's where that money is going. But with public schools, they're already in a bind. Um, they were in a bind before any of this happened, mm-hmm. and that's you know also from school choice being in place and people moving their children from. Um, districts to districts with that money. When you move a child from district, that money goes with them. So that gets pulled away. So hmm. I, I don't agree with what she's doing. And I feel um, as far as I understand um, private schools and appropriate schools are strained, but that's a different case. That's a choice. And that's a payment you make if you want to make that move with your child. Hmm. Uh, Tracy, I really appreciate the call and the perspective there. Um, let's go to Janet in Monroe. Janet, welcome to yeah, the Yeah, good morning. Thing. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, I, I called because I, I find it difficult sometimes to listen to the, the topic itself of funding going to public schools rather than to, pub, uh, to private and parochial schools. This has long been an issue with me because... Uh, when my children were young, I did send them to private school, and I paid tuition for those schools for you know for 12 years for both of them from the first through the 12th grade. And when I think about uh, that, is actually a sacrifice. Um, and so when I think now about funding only going to public schools and not to parochial, not to private, I take issue with that because. Uh, when we talk about reopening schools, 
all schools, regardless of what type of school they are, are going to face hardships with having to find the space to keep children six feet apart, having to stagger the return to school. That's not just private schools or public schools or parochial schools, all of them. It's all going to cost money. It's all going to take space. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure. I, I mean, what's the alternative? If we want to get funding for private and parochial schools or for those children, do we then have to shift them all over to a public school, which is, first of all, probably not going to have the space for them? Mm. Is that what we have to do to, to get our children money for school? Yeah, I, I, I think those are great questions, Jana. And, and I think that there is, you know, there's a visceral reaction that people have to the idea of public money, government money, tax money going to private or parochial schools. But then there is the, also the more nuanced question about the fact that these are the children of our community as well. And because they go to private or Catholic or whatever religious uh, denomination school that they might happen to be in, are they less deserving of the support that, uh, that, that is out there from, from, from government? Uh, Kobe Levin, respond to, to what Janet's talking about there. So I would reframe this a little bit. I, the caller talked in terms of uh, parochial and private schools versus public schools. Mm-hmm. But I, I think maybe at the core of the, of the debate here is actually low-income students versus not low-income students. Uh, the CARES Act, the, the coronavirus relief bill, was pretty clear that schools' money should be uh, sent prim- uh, primarily to low-income kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and the shift that Betsy DeVos is making would have the effect of moving a substantial amount of money uh, from schools that en- enroll those low-income kids to schools that enroll more affluent kids right. who are, are going to have more protection from uh, the many challenges of the virus anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the things that that is real difficult when you're dealing with Republican politicians in particular, that this idea of who needs the help and the support the most gets caught up in some of the politics of things like schools. I mean, Betsy DeVos is not made any bones about her affinity for non-public schools and her disdain for public schools. That may be the thing that's really driving her decision-making here. But as you point out, that has implications. It has equity implications that are terribly important and, uh, and threaten the, the children who need the most support uh, in the first place. Um, all right, Kobe Levin, reporter for Chalk Beat. Uh, it was really great to have you here for this conversation on Detroit Today. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Stephen. Yeah. Okay, that is going to do it for us this week. Uh, We will be back next week, and when we will continue the WDET Book Club, among other things, uh, our reading of Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison this summer. We had really great segments this week uh, about that book and the issues that cast forward from 1952 when it was published to today in 2020. And you can always go to the WDET Book Club Facebook page where we have a number of really great conversations going about not only uh, Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison, but many of the issues that uh, that are inside of the book. 
All right, uh, this is 1019 WDET, NPR's, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. Detroit Today is produced by Jake Neer and Anna-Marie Anna Seisling. Program director is Joan Isabella. Technical director and engineer is Matthew Trevethan. And associate producers are Claire Brennan, Ali Audit, and Lauren Azu. Detroit Today's music is created by Sam Bobian and Will Sessions. We'll talk again on Monday.